first, a quick word from our sponsor. Are you interested in becoming a luxury travel agent, but not sure how? Our luxury specialist course is the perfect introduction to selling luxury travel. We can be the key to your success. Visit us at www.tqagents.com or call us at 800-357-HOST. Remember, TravelQuest, we are the best. You're listening to Travel Agent Chatter, Volume 6. Today we're talking with Becky Lukovich, the owner of Bella Travel Planning. And as always, a warm, warm welcome to our new listeners and a big hug to those of you that are joining us again. Thank you. Travel Agent Chatter is an audio series produced by the team here at Host Agency Reviews. Quick housekeeping, the show notes can be found at hostagencyreviews.com backslash T-A-C. And of course, if you like what you're hearing, stop by and leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, which we don't have any on Stitcher right now. So if you want to be the first, go for it. And a big thank you to Night Owl 76 who is so kind and had this to say about T-A-C. As a new agent, this podcast has been amazing. I'm always so excited at the end of each episode. I'm full of new ideas, and I feel like I can go out and make improvements to my business. It's extremely informative and never boring. Thank you. My response to that? Well, the first thing to note is the owl is totally my power animal. So, night owl, you got that going for you. And the second thing to note is that we will not disappoint you this time around. Um, I left the interview full of new ideas and had a grand old time. So, let's get on with the show. So howdy, all you lovely listeners. A beautiful morning, afternoon, and evening to everyone. This is Steph Lee, the founder of Host Agency Reviews. And as it would happen, I'm also the host for today's show. And here's the deal about luxury travel. It scares me. When I think about Ritz, I think of the mass-produced yet suspiciously delicious Nabisco cracker. Um, And today's episode is a real treat because... Becky is a great person to help me take a peek behind the luxury travel curtain. Uh, She's the owner of Bella Travel Planning, an affiliate of travel experts, who, without complicating things too much, Travel Experts is a host agency that is a member of the luxury consortium Virtuoso. So hopefully everyone got that. Um, And if you're an agent that's looking to up your luxury game or someone like me that's completely intimidated by luxury, have no fear. This podcast will give you a better understanding of what luxury is. And the first thing that you're probably going to learn for Becky is that luxury travel isn't defined by a dollar sign. So relax and enjoy the show. We'll be listing the resources we chat about as well as a link to a full transcript in our show notes. And you can find the show notes by visiting hostagencyreviews.com backslash TAC and click on episode six. And to give everybody uh, an idea of our show today, the itinerary is going to be broken into five segments. The first is going to be the beginnings of Becky Lukovic's travel career. Um, Then we'll move into what is luxury. Then we'll talk about being social um, and marketing. We'll then end it with fees, and then our last one, as usual, is going to be our warm, fuzzy segment. So, all right, it is time for us to dive into another exciting episode of TAC. I've got my box of Ritz crackers and my bubbly already, and Becky, welcome to Travel Asian Chatter. Hey, Steph, thanks for the welcome, and definitely need the bubbly. I know, I know you. So, Becky really loves her bubbly and wine. It's kind of her... She's a little bit of a whiny and a foodie, so I had to throw that in there. For um, sure. Bubbles every day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me start out by sharing a little bit about Becky's background so that all of you know a little bit more about who we're chatting with. Um, first thing to note is that she is an experienced professional. She has just under 20 years um, in the business. When did you start 2001, Becky? 2001, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and and I think an important thing to note about Becky is it, you know, she didn't grow up staying in five-star hotels and, 
you know, she wasn't a luxury traveler. Um, after college, she backpacked around Europe. And at night, she was snuggling up in the hostels all across Europe. She was not in any five-star hotels. Um, mm -hmm. And so when she decided she wanted to be a travel agent, oh, okay, hold on, let's back up. Because I said travel agent, but ASA just had their global convention last week and rebranded to the American Society of Travel Advisors. And I know that Virtuoso for a long time has been calling their agents advisors. So in light of this, I'm going to try my darndest during this episode to use the <laughs> word advisor instead of agent. So bear with me, everybody. It's, it's a habit that's going to be very hard to break for me. <laughs> um, all right. So Becky decided she wanted to be a travel, a travel advisor, and then things kind of began to change. So Becky, let's just start out with a really big question. When you started out, sure. you thought that all travel agents, well, oh, okay, all travel advisors, that all they booked were cruises, escorted tours, all-inclusives. And all of those did not excite you to sell. And this is a conundrum that so many advisors have. They want to focus on a particular area in travel. They find their niche. But when they start out, they end up so hungry for business, they book whatever comes their way. So for you in particular, yeah. were you a hardliner that only sold luxury from the beginning? Or did you did a cruise fall in once in a while? Yeah, so, you know, in, in the beginning, luxury wasn't um, really part of, you know, what I thought I could even do, actually. You know, I... Um, well, luxury in the term of the dollar sign luxury of, of the five-star hotels and, and that type of thing. Um, for me, I was all about the experiential, and I think that that was a direct result of, you know, my backpacker days going through Europe and, and all that. You know, I'd have all these great experiences. And so when I first started, you know, I had envisioned, you know, I'm just – they're going to have these amazing experiences, and, you know, that's what I'm going to – help them help them do that's what I'm going to facilitate um but you know as as you mentioned you know when you first start out it's just like please use me for anything anything you know <laughs> you know the Hampton Inn I'll do it that sounds amazing yes <laughs> you know, need a car <laughs> yes oh can I do your car too please you know and it's like that would just make my little tail wag so mm -hmm. you know I you know I I was so hungry but in some ways I kind of and, and you and I you know, we've, we've spoken about this before about, you know, I kind of felt like I'd sold my soul to the devil, you know, when I went to the, you know, selling, um, you know, those, the dark side, you know, deepy vacations, I know to Vegas and Cancun, I'm not knocking those uh, destinations whatsoever, but, mm -hmm. you know, in my mind, it was, it was so much more noble than that. And, and, you know, I, you know, here I was selling the things that, you know, that I was just like, Oh my gosh, I'm becoming that person that I never wanted to use. And and that's I think that's normal. You know, you're you're really I was I was learning things. I was learning, you know, how to how to sell. I was learning um, you know, the destinations. I mean, I knew Europe back and forth and, and all that, but I was learning the industry. Mm -hmm. You know, I was learning, you know, how to use a wholesaler. I never had even vacationed with a wholesaler, much less use one. And so, you know, I, I was learning as I was going, and, and you know, honestly, one of the things that it, it really taught me, though, um, and I'm so glad I had that experience, is it taught me, you know, it's not about you, Becky. Their vacation is not about you. It's about them. And I remember the first time I sold an escorted tour, I was like, no, let me make it where, where you'll go on your own and it'll be easy. And they're like, no, we want an escorted tour. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm selling an escorted tour. You know, and nowadays I, I have no such qualms because it's really, it's not about my taste. It's, I'm, I'm not their mom trying to feed them vegetables. You know, it's, it's, you know, I'm here to make it the best experience, but if that's their comfort level, that's fine. But those days actually taught me that it, it taught me to, to get out of the way of, you know, what, what they want to do. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. That's a fantastic lesson. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. That resonates completely with me, and I'm not even a travel agent. So hopefully, with the the agents that are listening, they'll um, be able to have that resonate with them. 
so as you started out, um, because you had no background in the travel industry and you went to an online travel school and then kind of worked mm-hmm. with a host agency. And as you were started, because you had two young children, they were in, is, is it middle school and high school? Middle school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you had younger children and youngish. Um, was business busy in the beginning or, you know, did it meet your expectations? Tell me more about your first couple of years. Um, you know, my first couple of years started off slow. You know, as I mentioned, it was just kind of like, pick me, pick me, you know, let me, let me do anything. I'll do the Hampton Inn. I'll do, let me do your air. Let me do, you know, anything. And so it was a little slower going. And, and the first year I really had no expectations. You know, I thought I won the lottery every time you know, someone had me do anything. And especially if I could use a wholesaler, it was like, it was like a celebration that lasted for days. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it truly was, you know, and, um, you know, and so it, it did take a while. And then a- even after the, the first couple of years, it was like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to make money doing this? And, but, you know, during that time, I was, refining, you know, it's like, who am I? Who do I want to be as a travel advisor? What do I bring to the table? Because, you know, in the beginning, it's kind of hard, though, because, you know, you're, you're trying to promote yourself. But, you know, I, I've, you know, I had been a few places, I thought I was well traveled until, you know, I met some other travel advisors at, at conferences. I'm like, Oh, holy cow, I've not <laughs> been anywhere, you know. And uh, they're like, Oh, when I was in Malaysia, and I'm like, where's Malaysia? (laughs) You know, and so, you know, I was building my, I was building my skills. I was learning how to network properly and, and, and how to explain what I do and explain what I have to offer. Even though I didn't have a lot of experience, I did have, you know, some things to offer. Um, You know, and I started going to networking events and things like that. And business kept, you know, trickling in and then growing exponentially. But, you know, it it took, oh, I would say, you know, before I was like, hey, this is like awesome, probably four or five years for mm-hmm. me at least, um, you know, to because I didn't have, I didn't have the connections. Um, I certainly didn't have the connections, you know, that I have now, but, you know, I, I didn't have some of those connections. And I do know that there are some, uh, luxury travel advisors who out the gate, you know, they're doing a million plus plus. I mean, I have some dear friends who've come in the industry and, you know, they've had the connections and they've had some other things and, and, you know, some of it's serendipity, but, you know, they're still working hard too, you know, to get new clients. But, you know, I, I would say don't get discouraged when, you know, the very beginning it's, it's trickling in because you're having the opportunity to, you know, besides just selling, you're having the opportunity to, to learn and to read and to build your business and build your brand and, and, and find those things that, that make you that unique person. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think this is interesting because the past two years we've been doing um, an income survey for agents or advisors. <laughs> um, and we just pushed ours out this summer and I'll put a link to it in the show notes but it's exactly what you're saying for people that are starting out it takes three to five years before the income starts Mm -hmm. really picking up which makes sense um, to me because you're learning so much and then it's not as if people are traveling four times a year so you're only like the second year is when you're finally getting repeat clients and referrals correct and so um, that's that's really great to hear um, yeah, and honestly, Steph, for any business that, you know, if you start, you know, if you're, you know, starting a widget business, you know, that that's, I, I, I would think that, you know, that's going to be the same. Any business you start is going to take, you know, a number of years to, you know, to, to make that profit. So, yeah, just be encouraged. Uh, well, let's move into um, talking about luxury, because when you mentioned earlier that you have friends in the travel industry, you know, that were, you know, have connections within the luxury world. Um, That's, you know, one thing because, but a lot of us don't. Um, And for me, the idea of booking luxury clients is incredibly intimidating Um, since I'm not wealthy. And I'd be thinking to myself, like, are there private jokes that everybody knows? Or maybe there's like a secret (laughs) handshake that I'm supposed to be doing. I have no idea. Um, 
so I guess let's start off with the basics and let's discuss the definition of luxury travel. What is luxury travel? Like, how would you define it? Yeah, you know, and I, I've said many times, you know, luxury is more than that dollar sign. You know, luxury isn't just, you know, staying at, you know, hotels that cost the same as some people's mortgage payments. I mean, that's, you know, that is a, a very small segment. But but luxury is about the experience. It's about authenticity. It's about the connection. And it's about feeling like you've done something like amazing and and that's luxury um you know it's you know culturally relevant it's experiential um you know and and it includes things that you're passionate about and interested in so you know instead of looking at luxury as this unattainable you know just think about you know in your everyday language when you say oh that was such a luxury to be able to do stay the whole day at the pool and read a book without the kids, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out with me, you know, and stuff. And, you know, or, you know, it's, so sometimes it's, it's just about, you know, say, you know, you want, you know, you want to visit a really nice winery in Tuscany and have a private driver, or, you know, it could be, you know, a really nice small group experience that, you know, like my husband and I went, um, uh, rappelling down waterfalls in Costa Rica, and and it was a, it was a splurge. It, it was we didn't splurge for every um, excursion we did, but we splurged on that one, and and that that was luxury. You know, it was it was something that you know when you were done, you know, it, it sticks with you, and and it was unique and special, and so and the same thing with a hotel. You know, luxury could mean, you know, you're just staying at something different or, you know, just, you know, up a level or, you know, this really cute boutique that isn't what you use in the price range you usually spend, but it's your, it's your anniversary. So you're going to go and you're, you're going to spend two nights and, and be able to do that. And, and so that's, that's luxury. And that, I mean, there's, there's a lot more people who fall under that umbrella than who are going to spend, you know, someone's mortgage payment for every night at a hotel, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. And it, it makes luxury travel so much more approachable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dramatic vision of needing to wear diamond necklaces and tuxedos for luxury travel <laughs> is, you know, not really what luxury travel is as from someone on the front lines and that's on the ground you're saying that a small percentage of clients are those high rollers that have, you know, more money than they can know what to do with. And then a lot of the people that are booking luxury are splurging in their, you know, middle class or upper middle class clients that um, they're not probably booking luxury trips every year, but they're maybe doing something special for an anniversary. Correct. And, you know, and, and so luxury is not just the glitz and glamour either. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, the diamond necklaces <laughs> yeah. in Texas. Luxury travel could be could be hiking boots and a safari hat or, you know, you know, or, you know, if you go to Patagonia and, and you know, go down to the south there and, and you're hiking every day and, you know, you have someone who, you know, they, they may be one of the 1% and you have someone there who's, you know, saved, you know, who's a – you know, a teacher or a doctor or wh- whomever who a farm. We even talked about farmers. You know, mm-hmm. who have saved for a number of years to do this bucket list trip, and they may walk in your office and you may not even, you know, see them as a luxury travel a traveler. And I think sometimes, you know, when we kind of try to um, uh, categorize people when we see them and even when we speak with them you know, we kind of assume that they're going to want something and, and we're scared to even offer something different. So, you know, luxury comes in all different sizes, shapes, forms, and with all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And to give everyone that's listening a little background on our little farmer story. So I was talking with <laughs> Becky about how, like, my I grew up with a travel agency, my family, and we lived um, a bit out in the country. And I was I was telling her about how, you know, as 
the outer ring suburbs have been expanding, then all these farmers that I went to scroll with and people that, you know, were milking the cows before school and doing all these things, um, that they became millionaires when they sold their farmland um, to different developers. And, you know, but they'll come into the travel agency looking not like what you think someone that's, you know, multimillionaire looks like, but, you know, and you wouldn't think like, oh, you know, they would want to go on a safari, but they do, they want to take their families. So it's, you know, it can be very deceptive in, in, um, you know, who is wealthy and who is not, which is, you know, I, I think in my mind, I have trouble getting over that sometimes. So for sure. Uh, let's see. So one thing that I talk with advisors about when they tell me that they would like to get into luxury or they're booking luxury, because I found that when I'm talking to people about it, there's very different levels of luxury. You know, for one person, it might be staying at an all-inclusive resort in the Mm -hmm. Caribbean. And for another person, you know, it's a very, very different experience. It is like a mortgage payment every night at the hotel. Um, so when you're talking with clients, do you have that conversation on, you know, what is, if they say they want to do something luxurious, are you asking them what is luxury to you? Um, not quite. It usually doesn't, doesn't quite go down like that. Usually when I first, uh, start speaking to a client, you know, I'll, I'll send them, you know, like, or on the phone even, you know, I just kind of have a a battery of questions and I just kind of make them up kind of on the fly, but usually they have that, the same undertone and theme. Um, But, you know, I do ask, I do ask them, you know, it's like on a one, on a scale of one to 10 in terms of luxury, where do you fall? And I would say almost everybody says a six or seven and their budgets could be diverse. Um, So, you know, but a lot of times though, you know, when you speak to people about you know, their expectations and, and what they're looking for. And, you know, you try to, you try to get their, their budget kind of, you try to pull that out of them, but gosh, you know, sometimes it's so hard because people hold that close sometimes. They're Mm -hmm. like, okay, if I give her my budget, she's going to like exceed it times four. So, you know, sometimes they'll either really lowball you or they'll just kind of go, well, we don't know what it costs. And you're like, okay, (laughs) but you know, you, but you know, there are definitely, you know, when you speak about, um, you know, what kind of experience they that they want to have, when you speak about, you know, what kind of hotels they usually stay in, what's important to them, you know, you, you kind of start to ascertain a little better about, you know, what, what they're looking for. And they'll find ways to, for you to know. But I do have some sometimes to surprise me. So, you know, I've, you know, it's like I'll, I'll give them, you know, some sort of, um, you know, I had a honeymooner once where, you know, he wanted something nice and, and, you know, I gave him some high mid range type hotels. He wanted to go somewhere, um, you know, somewhere warm. So I was giving him all this and he, he's like, Oh, I was actually thinking of Amanpulo in the Philippines. And I'm like, okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was just a reminder to me that, you know, I, you know, I don't always know exactly, you know, I was kind of grouping him. He sounded young and I kind of, put him in a category. So, you know, I, you know, after, after speaking with them, you know, you just, you know, you give them some thoughts, but I I try not to put, to give them like everything in the same price range. Mm -hmm. And I I found this actually works to even help, you know, if you have some clients that are, um, you know, mid range or even upper mid range clients and, and you want to move them up to the next level, whether it's a cruise line or a hotel room or whatever, you know, sometimes I'm like, okay. And I, I find it easiest, I think, with hotels um, because it might be, you know, one or two nights here and there, maybe, oh, one or two, three or four nights here and there. But it's like, okay, so I have this one and I have this one. But if you want to splurge, I have this one. And then I just kind of, you know, I just kind of put that out there. And, you know, for the longest time, I, I it was hard for me when I first became part of Virtuoso it was like, I will never be able to sell any of these hotels that, that are the preferreds. It's like, oh, my goodness, there's no way. And then I just started offering them, and I was shocked at how often people would choose um, that experience 
the experience or the virtuoso hotel or whatever and just by offering it and I've had colleagues start to do that as well and success and now oh my goodness I sell I sell so many now that I mean it's just um, but yeah so you know so you, you have those conversations but it's not often that, that someone comes to me and says I want to book a luxury trip mm-hmm. and usually it's it's more what they want to experience mm-hmm. I, when we were chatting earlier, you gave the great advice of don't sell your pocketbook and also mm-hmm. to be respectful of clients' budgets, but don't be afraid to give more options. And you talked about a little bit how you just did, but um, that when you're working with people, you always give them some things that are within their budget, but then give them the splurging items and that that's mm-hmm. really a way it's, you know, not a hard upsell and it's nothing like that. But I, I, I don't want to say fall for that, but you know, I found myself doing that where I'm like, Oh, I have this budget. And then I look and I'm like, Oh, Oh, that I need that like camera <laughs> or computer. Like suddenly I'm like spending a thousand dollars more than I plan to. I, I don't even know because there's an extra bullet point or something. I'm not even sure why I'm buying stuff. Sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, well, and, and, you know, honestly, and, and, and it's not just a, it's not as much about, you know, like my bottom line, I'm trying to upsell them so I can, you know, really, I just, I want them to have this amazing experience. And so, you know, I, I want them to, you know, to experience some of these things. But, you know, I think sometimes it's really easy. And sometimes I still fall in this trap where, you know, we look at it and again, we, as travel agents, we're, we're a bossy lot and, you know, we're, we're very, um, we like to, um, tell people what to do. That's just why, I mean, it's what makes us amazing. Um, but, you know, I think sometimes we look at something and go, oh, that's not worth that. I, I, no, that's not worth that before we even, even present it to our clients. And so, you know, I have to remember to, you know what, just, you know, present it to them and let them make that decision. And, and maybe I wouldn't pay this for this experience, but, you know, maybe I wouldn't pay $250 for a private driver to take me from the hotel to the train station, but they might, and they might be totally, they might want it. And so, and you know what, I'm okay with that. I will support them in that. And, and sometimes we kind of have to get over our notions of value and priority because it's about giving them the best experience for them. So, you know, when I have a client come to me and say, you know, oh, you know, I want to stay in this um, super inexpensive brand of all-inclusive resorts. Um, and then, you know, my first question is, well, okay, so tell me what led you to this one. And usually they're like, oh, Mary Beth next door said it was great, da, 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 da. You know, and so, you know, we'll have a conversation and it's like, well, you know, especially if it's one I don't normally book, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't really do that one a lot because of X, Y, and Z. Um, or if I do, I'm like, okay, you know, that one's good. But, you know, there's also this one that's very similar in price. And then there's this one that's a little bit more that, you know, you're going to have a better experience and, and give them, give them those options instead of giving them you know, three, okay, you, you know, they know what you want, this is done and done. And then they come back and the vacation was okay. I, I don't want their vacation to be just okay. You know, I want them to go, wow, you know, I had an amazing, I had an amazing adventure, vacation, respite, whatever. And, and to me, that's what that's about is, you know, finding those elements they wouldn't have thought of, um, those properties that, you know, you know is going to be, especially once you start working with them a lot, that you know is going to be a perfect fit and, and, and giving the option and letting them pick, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not selling your own pocketbook, you know, because sometimes I get cheap, man. I'm cheap sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like we talked about, know, it's all this weird psychology that goes on. It, it is, you know, and I tell you, even with my own travel, I am so guilty, guilty of going, oh, do I want to pay that for the ocean view? No, I'm fine. And then I get there and I'm like, I am freaking upgrading to that ocean view. And then they're like, I'm sorry, 
it's sold out. And I'm like, I'm ready to like knock on doors and throw money at them to let me trade rooms with them because it's like, but I want the view, you know, I want to wake up and see it. It's not just a place to sleep. It's my room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, and I do that sometimes. So, you know, so I just want to make sure I don't do that on behalf of my client and not give them the option. Yeah. Well, before we jump into the next segment, you had mentioned, um, because one thing with luxury is if you are going to be booking in, you know, luxury circles, that you had mentioned that there's a certain um, expectation on the way you present yourself um, when working with clients and things like that. Could you expand on that a little more? Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, with any travel, but especially with luxury travel, you know, or experiential or or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, you're not just selling, I'm not just selling a hotel room. I'm not selling a Silver Seas cruise. I'm not selling, you know, X, Y, or Z. I'm selling me. Mm -hmm. And I am my brand. And so, and that's what, you know, people, people come back to me because of, I mean, because of, of my advice, because of my experience, because of, you know, those things. And, and so you're selling yourself. You're not selling, you know, a product. And so your brand is more than just whatever your logo is. You know, your brand is everything about you. You know, it's like how, how you present yourself. You know, if, if, you know, you're going to a networking meeting and, and, and you want to find clients who are a little more luxury minded, you know, take a, take a peek at, you know, what you have on and, and what mm-hmm. you're, what you are exuding and you don't have to totally match them, but you know, you need to look like a trusted professional. It doesn't mean that you have to wear a suit or anything like that. You could be a trusted professional, no you know, and I sell the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm wearing the brightest, you know, Caribbean colors out there, but you know, I look, you know, put together and I, I speak in a way that, you know, that that's, you know, more put together and, and everything I send out, you know, it looks nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing with your travel. You know, I, I had this aha moment once when, you know, I went to Europe and my very best client said, I'm just, I'm dying to know where did you stay? And I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I saw this hotel, this hotel, this hotel. She said, yeah, but where'd you stay? I'm like, I was this little bitty small boutique little place. And I'm just like, <laughs> I didn't want to go, you know, well, it was the cheapest place I could find. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, then, you know. You know, it is. But then it's like, okay, suck it up, buttercup. And, you know, just, you know, you know, find a rate, you know, and, and splurge a little on yourself when you travel too and, and all that. And, and it's, it's definitely a balance, but, you know, they are, they are kind of paying attention to, to what you're doing. And it doesn't mean you have to stay in those mortgage payment type hotels, but, you know, you definitely, you know, kind of want to have, you know, your travel game, whether it's experiences or whatever, match, mm-hmm. match that, um, you know, so, um, and that's, that also helps, you know, like my biggest competition is not other luxury travel agents, travel advisors. It's, it's people who only trust themselves to do it. And, and I've, I've got to convince them that, you know what, you know, you can trust me to hold your vacation in my hand and my brand lends itself to that trust because I'm exuding that I'm knowledgeable, that I'm passionate about travel and destinations and about my clients. You know, I, I specialize, I tell my clients, I specialize in you, you know, I get to know you and, you know, you are unique and, and I will get to know you. And, and those things, my brand needs to exude that. um, And I need to be true to that brand. Well, this is a perfect segue into the next one because when you're talking, <laughs> our, our next segment, we're talking about being social because, well, I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But um, when you're talking about traveling the way that your clients travel and experiencing that, um, this is just a statement, not so much a question, but the Hermitage Bay video that you posted up on your Facebook yeah. page was just fantastic. <laughs> Um, like, so I'll, I'll put a link to it in there for the show notes and 
everyone can watch it, but it's like you go in there and she's like, come on, take a tour. Look at this plunge thing. And like, oh, look at here's my bubbly. <laughs> and oh, check out the bedroom and look at this view. It's not ocean view, but it's so private. And then you get to see these vistas. And I was like, oh, I want to go to the Hermitage Bay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's true. You do a fantastic job of using oh, social you. to your, um, you know, leveraging social to show your travel experiences to your clients. Do you? Yeah, well, thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, did, okay, was it the Hermitage video, Hermitage Bay video that you said you had clients calling you right after, or what was, what was that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I had, uh, my very best clients had, had gone there, and, and she probably was texting me when she was there, which I love when they text me when they're on vacation saying, this is a little piece of paradise. We love it. We, you know, and, and all that. So, so yeah, you know, and it's, um, you know, that place is like super, super special. Um, and, and that's, you know, something I kind of came into um, is that, you know, for the longest time, you know, you you go to cocktail parties or, you know, you're at a networking thing or just meet people, new people or even friends or whatever. And, and especially when I, when I was first in the industry, but, and even like kind of midway through my career, I, you know, people would say, oh, I bet you get to go on some amazing trips and you get to travel all over the world. And I was so cognizant of the, the desire to feel legitimate as an independent contractor. And as, you know, I've rented office space before, but I, you know, I also work at home and I work at home exclusively now. Um, but I was so cognizant of, of needing that validation that I am a professional and I work hard that I would almost downplay the experiences I had and I would watch them and it was interesting you're talking and you're looking at them and I'm, and I'm like oh yeah I get to go a few places but you know it's like everybody else you know I'm, I'm stuck at the office and I can't leave on vacation because you know I have a lot of clients and, and, the other, and I just see their face fall <laughs> and I'm going Dream that shattered not in front of you. sexy Finally, one day, I'm like, you know what, Becky, let's just get over it. Let's get over this whole, you know, I want them to know that I'm a working travel advisor, that I am working my tail off, and and just go, yeah, it, I have some amazing stories to tell, and yeah, I, I, get to, I get to go to some really cool places, and I sex it up, man. I mean, it's like, yeah, it was amazing, and da-da-da-da. And then suddenly they're telling me their stories and their wish list and their bucket list. And when they introduce me to their friends, they're like, oh, here's Becky. And she goes on these amazing trips and this and that. And they're like, really, where did you go last? And they're talking about theirs. And they're like, I need to talk to you. You know, I need to talk and that I need to talk to you stems out of that passion for travel and me sharing. Mm -hmm. And for me, social media is an extension of that. I also think I, I found it's really abnormal in the travel industry because everyone travels so often that we're like, oh, you know, I only travel like, you know, four times this quarter or twice this quarter. And, <laughs> you know, I only, you know, travel internationally. And it's not normal. Like people don't do that for their yeah. jobs. And especially like people will travel abroad for their jobs. But, you know, they're staying at a hotel and they're working at the factory or whatever, installing something in southeast asia but they're not like when we travel in the travel industry it's like we're going to these beautiful resorts and you work hard but you're also yeah. i mean it's not a bad you know we're all used to it but it, it is. it's not normal <laughs> yeah you know it's it's definitely not a bad gig but but you know i think sometimes though we you know because we work so hard when we go on educationals, oh, my goodness, we work our tails oh, off. Yeah. And, oh, you know, it's, it's like, you know, we're getting up early and you're on. You're on all day, 
all night. You know, you're running to shower and change and whatever. And, you know, of course, me, you know, with my social, you know, I had to tell my husband, we, we have a joke. I'm like, anytime that you see me out on a, an educational and then you see my legs out and my shoes off and a book in my lap, I have literally run to the beach, sat down, put my book there, <laughs> took the picture, <laughs> gone to my meeting. <laughs> But my clients don't want to hear that, you know, but, you know, but I think sometimes because, you know, we do, they don't feel like a vacation to us when we go on an educational Mm -hmm. because, you know, we're not getting that three, four day pool time and, you know, all that. Then sometimes I think we kind of downplay it too, because we know the reality, but my clients, they don't want to know the reality. They want to know, I went to this amazing restaurant. I saw the suite. It was beautiful. You know, I went on a helicopter ride in Cape Town. I mean, now that was a bunch of awesome. And, you know, and stuff like that. And and they want to hear those stories. And so the other stuff, you know, it's kind of like we're in Spanx, you know. You know you have them on, and people who know you have them on have them on. But we don't have to tell everybody, I'm wearing Spanx. You know, that they don't need to know how hard we work on that educational. <laughs> uh, possibly. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I never, I never <laughs> dreamed of Spanx being mentioned in the podcast ever. It just happened. It's so. Ah! I'm putting a link to that in show notes to Spanx if anyone is like feeling the urge to buy them. <laughs> well, let's see. So, oh gosh. Um, okay, I think now that we're feeling a little bit more comfortable with what luxury travel is, let's talk. We've been talking a little bit about the marketing, but for those. What kind of advice do you have for people um, that are looking to break into circles where people are buying luxury travel and luxury vacations? Where have you found success if you're not, you know, if you're not naturally plugged into that community? Sure. You know, I've, I've found success and I know others have found their success when they find their passion. I mean, besides travel, let's, let's, you know, put travel away for now, but you know, find your passion. You know, what are what are the things that really jazz you? And it could be gardening. It could be, you know, mine, of course, anybody who follows me socially, follow me on Instagram, mm-hmm. plug, um, you know, knows that I'm into food and wine and wine and wine and champagne and more champagne. So, <laughs> you know, you know, so I go to events and 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 groups and and both formal and informal opportunities you know with with wine and food because people who like food and wine they like to travel now if you don't like wine and you go to a wine thing it's not going to work for you mm-hmm. you know and so you have to find you know what works for you if you like to work out oh my goodness you know go to the you know, go to the Orange Theory, go to the bar, the ball, uh, you know, the the ballet bar classes. Those chicks have some money. I'm I was, telling you. I was you. going to say, I, was like, I don't think the bar is where people that are working out are. <laughs> I think you've got a mistake in your head there. B a r r e. But but you know, find those things that are that are interesting to you or or you know, passionate to you know to you and then just build authentic relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, my husband, sometimes he's like, Becky, you're not handing out your cards. And, you know, for me, I'm a more subtle marketer. And so, you know, I, for me, I'm not saying this is a rule, but, you know, I wait till they ask me and, and they're not always going to ask me, but most of the time, you know, it's going to, I just wait. I don't even tell them what I do until they ask, you know, because, you know, it, it gets around. People are like, oh, what do you do? Oh, what do you do? And I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. What do you do? Oh, I'm in the travel industry. Well, what does that mean? Oh, you know, and I'm just kind of giving them tidbits, you know, and, and then eventually they're like, hey, I'd love to have your card. And and so, but, you know, I'm going to things where we have a, a mutual um, interest in something mm-hmm. and I've gotten to know them before I ever even push a card on them and sometimes that even takes you know me getting to know someone three and four times and it might seem like a long laborious process but people do business with people they know like and trust mm-hmm. so they have to get to know you they have to like you um, and then there's a, a building of trust and trust comes from seeing you over and over at places so you know, if you just show up like at the chamber or your your neighborhood networking, you know, and you show up for six months and, oh, I never got any business out of it, it's because you haven't been there long enough. It takes a year to 18 months 
for showing up a lot for like networking groups for those to really uh, even like with my food and wine groups it, it took me you know probably a couple years of going to you know things with these same people over and over again before you know they called me and they're like hey can you and they'll give you like a one-off hey can you plan this whatever Hey, absolutely, you know, and then they start referring people to me, and then that just snowballs, you know, that onesie twosie, you know, times two, it's like, you know, the tribbles that, you know, in Star Trek that just multiply, they just start multiplying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's building those authentic relationships, um, and then and then having a presence, and and I know we're going to talk about social here. Um, in just a little bit, but you know, the having a social presence is the same I feel now um, than that websites were back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Because you know, if I go on, I even look on Facebook, Instagram, probably before I even look for their website these days. And mm-hmm. it's like, how do you not have a presence? You know, or it's all private. It's like, really, your your sales and all your stuff is private. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, you and, are. <laughs> Everyone listening, I'll put in links to Becky's um, social, but when I was doing social stalking prior to chatting, she's incredibly (laughs) active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and, you know, has decent followings in all of those, and, like, Twitter, even as as she says, she has the valuable K, so she has 10,000 plus, yeah, (laughs) 10,000 plus followers on Twitter. But when we're talking about these social platforms, which one is your favorite and why? Right now, I love Instagram. And I love – I'm a picture girl. I'm a visual. You know, I, I like the pictures, and I love the stories, and I forget to post the stories sometimes. And But, you know, I like them because the stories are kind of cheeky and a little informative and, you know, just off the cuff because they disappear. But, you know, you can even put – your highlights in those little circles now and, and you can keep them in perpetuity and with your stories. But I, I like Instagram a lot. It is one of the harder ones to, um, you know, to grow. It, it takes a lot of effort. You know, I think I'm, I'm just like at 15, I'm almost at 1600 right now. And I'm just like, grow, baby, grow, grow, <laughs> you know? And so, so if you're listening, follow me on Instagram, please, please. Um, no, but, uh, but I, I like Instagram for, for that. And, and actually I follow, I follow people who are in my same industry and who like the same things I like. And, and, you know, cause I get ideas of, of what to do and how to post. And I don't want to live my life just for the Insta, but Hey, if I get a good picture out of it, I'll do almost anything. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, Facebook, you know, all the social, all the socials have a different function. You know, LinkedIn is kind of your, you know, kind of your business arena. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter is, is news. You know, if I, if I want to have news for anything, you know, I'll, it, it's for news and the occasional, you know, smart A remark, you know, but, um, but that that's where, you know, if you want to find out Hurricane Lane, what's going on, hashtag Hurricane Lane, and then, you know, you can see minute by minute what's going on in real time um, or, you know, game score or whatever. Um, and so, but Facebook, Facebook is the, you know, I grew up in a small town, at least when I went to high school, it was like a crazy, crazy small town. And, and they had this cute little newspaper that came out once a week. And, you know, oh, Joe Bob's aunt came for a visit and, and Bobby Sue fell down at the kitchen and, you know, broke her leg. And mm-hmm. the policeman had to come rescue her and take her to the hospital. And Susie had a baby and so-and-so's got married and so-and-so made the dean's list and, and all this kind of stuff. And then it's like, that is Facebook. Facebook is, is my, Although it's not my zip code, it's my it's my friend zip code. It's people I follow that I care about, and I hear all their little news, and that's what Facebook is. So my personal Facebook, I'm I'm pretty active, um, and my business Facebook is kind of like my ad in that small town newspaper. Um, and and that's not saying you have to run an ad, but my page there is that is that spot and it's free. It doesn't cost me anything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I invite my friends to like my page and, and I, I post things and they see it and I do that Facebook live, it's kind of my own, you know, 
live with Kelly, Regis and Kelly, you know, kind of thing. You know, it's like it's like my moment to have my own little small talk show. Um, you know, so when I do those Facebook lives, they they reach people, and the lives reach more people um, than just just a post. And so, you know, I use those, and and they're free. They don't cost me a dime. They cost me some time, but they don't cost me anything. I just had to be brave, Becky, be brave, and just do it. And I'm, you know, I, it, I get, I, I'm uncomfortable doing it sometimes, cause especially videos, like, oh, I'm uncomfortable, you know, and I'm like, oh, just do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, you know, so I, I like them all, but Insta is my favorite right now. Well, um, let's move into the last segment, you know, talking about being uncomfortable and video brings us perfectly into fees. Um, which has long been a topic in the industry. And um, for those of you that are listening, if you haven't, we just, um, every year we release, we have our income survey, but we also have a service fee survey, which covers both consultation fees and service fees. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, But so as we've collected this data for the past few years, um, the amount of agents that are charging consultation fees is on the rise, but it's still only something like one-third of agents charge any type of fee. So whether that be a, a fee for um, an airline ticket or, you know, a $200 consultation fee to get started. So even before people started talking about fees and before they were hip, you had decided that you had wanted to charge a fee for your service right from the get-go. And Right now, they're transparently displayed on your website, which I'll link to in the show notes so people can see them. But just really quickly, would you be able to walk us through your fee structure? Sure, sure. Um, For me, it made more sense for me to just charge flat fees for things. And then I can use, since I'm charging a flat fee, um, you know, I can tell my, I can give that beautiful word um, unlimited. I love that word unlimited. I think people love the word unlimited. And so, you know, I use the word unlimited consultations a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, probably I may need to increase my fees at some point. And I have that same fear as a lot of people have to even start fees with increasing. But, but, um, but what I do is um, my base fee for anything is $50 a person or, you know, if it's a family you know, I'll do $50 an adult. Mm-hmm. And so that that's like a base. So that's any cruise, any and air tickets, it's totally $50 a person, you know, well-ish. You know, um, you know, if they, I have some clients of blended families, and, you know, I'm not going to charge them $1,000 for, mm-hmm. you know, just for the air piece or whatever. So, you know, there, there's I have some latitude, but then I can also go to them and say, you know what, you know, um, Susie, you know, you're my great client, and you know what? Instead of charging you X amount, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm going to reduce it to this, you know, but I always charge it, and I find it makes my clients more comfortable working with me because they know, you know, they're like, okay, well, it's just an air ticket. I don't want to waste your time, and I'm happy to do it because I want them to think of me, but anyway, so I do $50 an adult um, for anything, mm-hmm. um, and then if if we look at something that's more customized, if they're going, you know, I'm doing a custom trip to Europe for them, you know, with, you know, all these different components, um, you know, or other destinations, um, then I'll do uh, $25 a travel day, so a 10-day trip will be $250, um, and that's probably something I, I need to increase at, at some point for sure. Um, and then um, setting up a des- destination wedding, you know, for the bride and groom, I just charge them an initial, um, it's 200 um, And then I do charge their guests, you know, $50 a person or, you know, per adult or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do a lot of destination weddings, but I do some. But, um, but just because it has just a little more to it, it's kind of hybrided between, you know, your basic package and cruise and, and something a little more custom because, you know, you have all those negotiations and the contracts and stuff. So it's a little bit of a different animal. Um, but yeah, so I, I display them. I'm, I'm proud that I charge a fee when, when people ask me, um, you know, would well, you charge a fee, you know, and oh, wait, I just actually, say, you know what? 
no, let's have a right. fake conversation about, because I think you handle the topic okay. of fees really beautifully um, and, and very confidently. So, um, yeah, let's have a conversation. I'll be the client. That's okay. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So um, I'm interested in your services. Do you, does it cost anything to use you or? Yes, actually, um, I, Steph, I actually do charge a planning fee. Um, oh. My planning fee, my planning fee for your cruise is $50 a person. And with that, you will get unlimited consultations. I will help you with everything you need start to finish, air, pre and post hotel. You'll get unlimited consultations. Um, um, and then I'm, I'm your girl. You have my personal cell phone number. Um, if you need anything while you're traveling, I'm just a phone call, text, or WhatsApp away. Um, that, yeah, that's um, affordable. But don't you, I guess I'm a little confused because don't you already earn commissions on your bookings? Well, you know, sometimes with some suppliers, I do get um, some sort of uh, compensation or incentive um, for uh for booking their products, but uh, Steph, I work for you. So, you know, the difference is, you know, I'm here for you. I'm not representing the cruise line. I'm representing you, and I'm here, you know, before, during, and after your trip. Um, you know, I'm your girl. So, no, you know, I'm, I may get some sort of incentive from them, but by giving me the fee, you know, I'm, I'm your person for your travels. Perfect. Yeah, I love the I love the way you answer that. So and and you had mentioned um, too that you know when it first started you wanted to charge a fee you decided but you still had some reservations about it and then it was like a switch had flipped when you went to a workshop with Nolan Burris and for those of you that are listening that don't know Nolan is a like a mentor or speaker within the travel industry and I'll link to his page as well but. Um, Becky, do you remember what he said to you that made like fees click for you? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and you know, and when I when I listened when I took that workshop with him, I was still relatively new in the industry, and so even though I was charging them, I kind of cringe every time I'd ask, and and you know, just because I felt like my experience didn't match that. $35 that I was charging. And so, you know, this was in the early 2000s. And this is back when people thought that travel agents were going to cost a lot more. Like if you could find a better deal online than you can with a travel agent. And I know the, um, you know, that that's kind of shifted a little bit in the media um, a little bit. But back then, that was the that was the common knowledge. And so, you know, he said something that that stuck with me forever. And he was like, you know, he said, you know, there, someone said, well, you know, you know, they already think I'm more expensive when when they when they call me, and you know, and then here I am trying to charge my fee. And he's like, I just want you to think about that for a minute. They already think you're more expensive. Everybody's like, yeah, yes. <laughs> they already think that you're more expensive. We're like, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's you did it. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And he's like, and they still called you. <laughs> they think you know something that they don't. So they think this, and yet they're still calling you. And so that has stuck with me forever. And, you know, and, and so it, it really shapes me. It's like, you know, I tell them, you know, yes, I charge a fee. And I may lose – it's rare I lose somebody, but I may. I, I may lose one or two people here and there. It's it's not many. I promise you, even with, with honeymooners on a strict budget, they will pay my fee gladly. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is the people who are treating me as a commodity, they're not loyal. They may book with me, but if they don't want to pay $100 for two people, you know, they quite possibly, and I tell them this, on, you know, kind of almost at the outset, um, and probably better than what I did with our little fake conversations, a little harder with a fake conversation. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, but if, if they're going to balk at that, they're going to take what I gave them, and they're going to turn around and book it for $20 less. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I found it for $20 less. I didn't want to bug you. You know, or the next time, their next trip, they're not even going to call you because they're just, you know, using you as a verbal Expedia. And so, you know, 
for for me, I I want clients who are going to refer me. I want clients who are going to love me. I want them to think I'm a rock star. I only want clients. It's like, are you going to think I'm a rock star? If not, go away. <laughs> <laughs> Please feed my ego. You know, but, That's I mean, what I'm, I need you for. <laughs> also, book well, your travel. you know, but. Yeah, right. But but no, but seriously though, but but really in in reality it's it's like, you know, you know, are are you going to see the value in the services that that I give you and 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 all that. And so the majority of people, I mean, they're they're really they're going to pay it. And I think one of my eye openers and I shared this with you, um and this happens with my um with my custom travel fees is you know, I'll I'll give them the number, and I swear one out of six will go. I'll say, okay, so that'll be three hundred dollars, and they'll go, okay, so that's like per person, right? <laughs> and it's like crickets in the background. I'm just staring blankly in the air, going, Why? I so have to raise my fees. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you are definitely not alone in your you know, hesitation, whether it be charging fees or to raise your fees. Um, you know, we did an article on, I think it's called like the travel agent's guide to charging like consultation fees or something. I'm not exactly sure, mm-hmm. but I'll link to it in the show notes. And it's, it's got tips and, um, different things that can help encourage people, um, that are hesitant about the fee structure. So, yeah, and I would just say just just start it, just institute it, and just do it. And and I've had this conversation so many times with my colleagues, and the ones who've started doing it, it's amazing. Sometimes I feel like I've created a monster because they're like, oh yeah, I charge the charging fees. I never even thought about you know and stuff. And uh, but you know, but it's like once you kind of get over the hump and you've had that conversation a few times, and then you realize that you know that, hey, yes, they will pay you a fee because, you know, you work for them. And then, B, just think about every booking you do. It's another $100 in your pocket if you charge 50 bucks a person, mm-hmm. okay? It's another $100 times, you know, if, if you book 10 people in a month, let's just say just so Becky doesn't have to do crazy math, you know, it's another $1,000 a month that you're going to get. That's $12,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, that – you know, that can up your, you know, travel budget right there so you can have more experience with more of the upscale product products or, you know, spend it on champagne or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, once you start doing it, it helps with so many things and, and you just, you see so many positive results. And then your clients, honestly, they feel like if you're charging them that fee, you know, then they're not bugging you if they want to go to the Ritz-Carlton Oconee outside of Atlanta because I'm going to charge them a, you know, a $50 hotel fee. And it, you it know, so they're like, they're calling too. me. Yeah, like you're, yeah. you also don't feel like they're bugging you because they pay for your time. And like you said, they paid for your service. Yeah. And you're their girl, so. I'm their girl. And if, if something happens and I've, you know, I've kind of messed up or I've done something or, you know, or just whatever. I also, that gives me a little wiggle room where I can, mm-hmm. you know, either give them a great client gift or, you know, say, you know what, I'm just going to waive my fee because, you know, that error increased. I should have ticketed it last night and it went up today and, you know what, I'm just going to waive my fee. You know, so it gives me a little latitude, mm-hmm. you know, where I can give something back to them in some form or fashion as well. That's a great point. Well, um, we're going to make a leap now. We're going from fees. Um, we were talking about fees and the stresses of char- charging fees to my favorite segment, which is the warm fuzzies. And let's see. For those of you that haven't met me in person, I'm, I'm a little bit quirky, but like in a teddy bear sort of a way. So I'm one of those people that smiles at randoms I pass on the street. And I wave to the bunnies I see out on my walk. And I talk to them. I'm like, hi. Um, so I love things that make me smile and that make the world a better place. Um, and the hope with the warm fuzzy segment is that it can help brighten our listeners day. And as we close out, it can inspire some listeners to not only help them with their businesses, but also to pass along kindness today and and hopefully every day. So Becky, it doesn't need to be anything long or deep, but let's have you warm our little hearts. Um, what do you got for us? Okay, well, mine's actually going to be um, about a client and about a special occasion because, 
it's really, you know, I was thinking about the warm and fuzzies, you know, I was thinking about, you know, why do I love my job? I just, I love my job. And I recently had a client, they were over in um, Sweden and it was his 84th birthday and with his wife and they were, they were going out and I just, it's like, I want to make this, I want to make this day special for him. And so I, I spoke with the, the, my contact there that was their driver. And so um, they contacted the, the, the restaurant. And so we arranged for them to have a bottle of champagne and a personalized menu and a note that was like, you know, I hope your birthday is, you know, as fabulous as you are and all this. And, you know, so, you know, I wasn't sure how it was going to happen, but apparently when they sat down, their waiter rushed over to them and handed a note and they come out with this champagne on the tray and, and his oh. eyes are like glistening and, oh. and they're toasting and they're sending me texts. They're texting their family saying, what a wonderful birthday surprise. And I'm like, I mean, I'm just like, this is why I do what I do mm -hmm. is I just, I love to make people feel special and they did. And it just, it warms my heart that, you know, I have people who are willing to help me make them feel good. You know, I mean, it just, it was just really happy. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Well, that's about it. We've wrapped up another episode of TAC. And of course, don't forget to follow Becky on Instagram. So, um, Becky, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on the show. And until next time, everyone, um, I'm sending you lots of hungles and rainbows and sparkles. Thanks for listening to another episode of Travel Agent Chatter. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or on SoundCloud. We'd love to hear your thoughts on any future show ideas. If you know of an agent that would be a great interview and that includes yourself, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you at hello at hostagencyreviews.com. And last, if you stuck around this long, I've got a little treat for you. Uh, if you've got 60 seconds, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on either Stitcher or iTunes. And if you're like me and you can't find your way around the darn review sections of those places, you can find the links to write reviews at the top of hostagencyreviews.com backslash TAC. We'll be sending out a hard backpack, thermos, and coffee mugs to a few lucky reviewers. Until next time.